It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Sports Exchange. My name is Scott Morgan-Roth, the Motor City Madmouth, along with my right-hand man, David Levin. Welcome back to the big show. Hey, guys. How y'all doing tonight? All Great right. to be back. Well, you know, David, this is the dynamic duo. You and I, the other one's just taking the night off, okay? And with that said, oh, some big news today in the uh, world of sports, let alone Southern Florida, as Don Shula, the legendary coach of the Miami Dolphins, who, by the way, once was an assistant coach of the Detroit Lions and formerly coached the Baltimore Colts, passed away, died in his sleep at the age of 90. And, David, you know what? To me, Don Shula is as iconic as it gets in, uh, in the sporting world, much less the football world. We've been getting all kinds of information and stuff from Miami Dolphins all day, so this is our opportunity to to bounce on this and talk about our stories about Coach Shula. I was saddened. Um, like I told you before, when I got the news, my dad had called me and said, have you seen the news yet? And I said, no, and he told me that Coach Shula had died. I grew up in, as a child in South Florida. Uh, Don Shula is as iconic an individual uh, any sport, like you said, uh, when he, you know, the great teams, the undefeated season, you know, the of Baltimore Colts, uh, came over to the Dolphins, built a winner, built a winning culture. As a child growing up in South Florida, Dad would take me to the, uh, I guess the, the equivalent of a you know, training session where you would go out, you get some autographs, and you watch the players practice a little bit, and you get to you know, shake hands, and I remember being a kid, and Don Shula would smile, but there was something about him that you always knew was, he was a stern man, and, and a fair man, that's something that I remember, even, I think I was probably six or seven, that was impressionable on me, and then following him growing up as a kid, and being a Dolphins fan before we moved to Jacksonville, there was nothing greater than watching the Dolphins play football. Uh, I believe that in his career as the Dolphins head coach, I think he only had two losing seasons, and then he had the two Super Bowl championships. Great, great men today had talked about him, and it's not just foot, football. You know, there were people all over the baseball scene, basketball, everybody that was in entertainment, everybody, you know, paid homage to a great man. Indeed, yeah. I actually found out about it from my colleague, George Eichhorn, who actually texted me this, and I was driving on... Uh, the ocean because I usually like to take my meditating drives up A1A and when George mentioned it to me he said I have a feeling social media is going to be very busy today 
and I had a chance to reflect on Coach Shula myself. Bear in mind, from 1982 to 1984, I was working for a weekly paper here in South Florida, and I actually had a chance to work with Coach Shula. And uh, to me, I was an intimidated young journalist, okay, covering an NFL draft, and I ended up covering like three of those with the Dolphins. And you want to talk about a guy who is a giant. I'll never forget when I played in a media game uh, with the Fort Lauderdale Strikers. They had the Fort Lauderdale Strikers staff against the media over at Lockhart Stadium on one of the practice fields. I suffered a sprained ankle. I was on crutches. And you wouldn't believe that when I, I never took time off, but I ended up going to Biscayne College, David, with a sprained ankle. And that's when I really got to see the soft side. You know, let's face it, Coach Shula was tough on me. I was young. I didn't know any better. But I will tell you this. When we had one of our nice quiet moments in his office, he says to me, Scott, got to ask you a question. Should I cut you or should I put you on injured reserve? I said, Coach, to be honest with you, I would rather that you keep me on injured reserve because I was on the team. I don't want to be cut. So he said, okay. He is a iconic a man, like I said, as you will get. There is just something about him. It's it, that that iron jaw, that look. You know, there's a photo of him I saw on social media today where he's in the shadows, but the two Super Bowl trophies are behind him. South Florida became a place to be as far as the sports world because of Don Shula. Nobody else. Right. I can say that you know Dan Marino and Hampstead, Jimmy Johnson had been there, the college football scene, you know, those things that went on. But it's Don Shula that put that put South Florida sports on the map. Oh, no doubt about it. I mean listen, when I was working over there at Biscayne College, you know, that was considered Camp Shula back in the day. And, you know, again, I enjoyed his press conferences. I, You know, the problem was I was so young to, to appreciate those times, although I learned a lot of, I shouldn't say that totally, David, because I learned a lot of lessons. He would tell me a lot of times, I asked him, Coach Shula, what made you the great coach that you are and why you've won so much? And he was, and, and I asked him in a very respectful way, and, of course, being young, what did he expect? He said, you know what, Scott, the one thing I've always tried to do is make sure that I always made, that I wanted the players to play to their strengths, not what they couldn't do, but what they could do. And that mes- re- message has resonated, David, for, the, for my entire life. I learned it at a young age, and hearing it from him, and the, the, just a few stories, you know, if I were older, it certainly would be different. But my buddy Chip Namius, was a, who was the PR guy for the Dolphins, you know, it was his first NFL Boss and and Coach Shula was the first NFL coach I ever worked with, so mm-hmm. so to me it's just unbelievable. And for so when I reflect back on this day, it's just something I'll never forget. Now when I think about Don Shula, however, uh, one of my best friends to date, Mark Wilson, who I was on uh, with the Sports Exchange last week with Rick Curdy, we talked about Don Shula when we reminisced with Curdy on the Sports Exchange. And we worked here together from 82 to 84. And the amazing part about it is Shula died peacefully in his sleep. If you're going to go out, that's the way to really do it. Yeah, that's, that is, that's a, it's, a, it's a godsend for that, you know. But he, lived a, he lived a full life. Yeah, but when you think about it, though, Mark and I lived it. You know, back then you had Miami Hurricanes football, David. 
You had the Fort Lauderdale Strikers and the Miami Dolphins. That was it, Dave. Oh, I remember. I was I was I was a youngster. I mean, you're a few years older than me, but I remember right being. I remember being a kid going to Lockhart Stadium and watching watching the Strikers play all the time right. as a kid. Or you know, Sula was the only game in town. You didn't have to worry about baseball. You didn't right. worry about basketball because it wasn't there. Because Miami wasn't the that, you know, mega center that it is today. Right, and of course they the Panthers as well. So it's a four, right. ma- it's a four uh, major sports town is really what it is. But Don Shula was the type of guy who let Dan Marino throw the ball all over the place because he was generally considered a conservative coach. But when he drafted Dan Marino, it goes back to, I'm going to go ahead and play to your strengths. Even if it means throwing the football all over the place. And then you surround him with Mark Duper, Mark Clayton, Mark Ingram, Nat Moore, you name it, and then you take a conservative coach and turn him into a pass happy coach. That's how Dan Marino went ahead and got his records. And you know when Jimmy Johnson took over, Dan Marino's passing numbers went down. But again, this is no indictment against Dan Marino and Jimmy Johnson who wanted to run the football. No, this is this is more of a credit to Don Shula enabling Dan Marino to perform in his strengths. So again, I, I've been critical of Dan Marino many times. But not in this particular case because Dan Marino was undoubtedly one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen because of his press release, all attributed to what Don Shula, the position that he put him in. But getting back to my lessons, you know, I learned a lot at a young age. And those stories that I just shared with you guys, with you and the rest of our listeners, to me, are just truly unbelievable. And I'm glad that I have an opportunity to pay tribute with them, let alone with a guy that's a South Florida person such as yourself, David. It was just some unforgettable times. And with George Icorn starting it off by letting me know and completing the evening uh, with you, it's just truly unbelievable. So any other thing you want to talk about with Don Shula? Well, one thing that I wanted to connect with Don, I know we're going to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars later. Right. But the Jaguars brought uh, Doug Marone in as an undrafted free agent. And he got his start, I believe, with the Dolphins. Right. Okay. Uh, Terry 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 Robisky, who was the running back coach for the Jaguars, he started out his NFL career with the. He, I believe, he started out with the Rams, but he was cut, and then the Jaguars, the Dolphins, picked him up. He played there. I I don't remember. I think it had already moved before Marone Marone had, had, had played for the Dolphins, but I remember Terry Robisky being a 22, 23 year old running back from LSU. That was trying to beat out Tony Nathan back then. You know what? And I actually, that's how far back I go. Yeah, yeah. I covered the Dolphins uh, back then with Robisky, and I actually, many years ago, wrote a story on Tony Nathan. The one thing I used to do with Coach Shula is every time I wrote a story, I would always talk to Coach Shula, and he was always nice to me about giving me what I needed back in the day. In fact, all those right. stories that I have put, that are put away, to, oh, those, those, those are probably headed for frames now. Uh, if I can oh, find yeah. him someplace. But, yeah, no, I remember doing stories on him, and I always used to co- go to Coach Shula. And, but Chip Namius is a PR guy who, by the way, trained Dan Edwards, who was an intern with the Dolphins. That thing goes right. full circle. Now, what I want to well, do... Well, we are, we're, we're going old school here, aren't we? Oh, you better believe we are, David. We are going old school. We got, well, you mentioned Dan Edwards, Chip Namius, two of the greatest PR people I've ever worked with, and I have a lot of other ones. But let's talk about May 4th in general, David. 
Ten years ago, I lost somebody who was an uncle to me, a family member, and a mentor on May 4th of 2010, Ernie Harwell, the legendary, iconic Detroit Tigers broadcaster. So now May 4th has a meaning to me for two of the wrong reasons. Shula died at the age of 90. Ernie Harwell died at the age of 92. Ernie would have actually been 102, and Shula's 90. So when you talk about situations... They came full circle. Now, Ernie Harwell died of bile of the duck cancer, which is an unforable, uncurable form of cancer. And my right. relationship with Ernie Harwell was like a fa- family mentality. But I don't want to take away from Don Shula's day. It's just ironic how the two uh, dates are interchangeable or interconnected 10 years apart. What's important about that for you, Scott, is it's two men who impacted your career and your life. We, we You and I... Anywhere else does you know cover sports? We're very blessed to do what we do. We mm-hmm. meet lots of people yeah. in passing or whatever it is. It's the relationships that we build over the years that we keep and maintain are the ones that, that impact us the most. And evidently, Don Shula and Ernie Farwell both impacted you in that that same kind of you know um, off the field family mentality. I mean, it had that kind of impact on you and in your life, not just in your your career, but in everything else you do. That's pretty special. Well, Don Shula, amazingly enough, as straightforward as he is, to be able to show an interesting moment when I'm on crutches, I'm sitting in his office at Biscayne College, and I'm having a lighthearted moment with him. It's just unreal. I mean, and, and it's almost like when I told him how I did it uh, at a Fort Lauderdale Strikers media slash staff game, it's almost like you got a kick out of it, you know. It wasn't so funny being on crutches, but let me tell you what, there was only like myself and another journalist in his office, and it was a really, and there was a little bit of a drizzle on a Sunday. And I'm gonna tell you, that guy had two or three a day practices back then. You don't have the patty cake, patty cake, baker's man training camp rules. These guys, they paid, they took a beating back then, David. That was that was death. Uh, yeah, oh yeah. You know, I've heard the, I've heard those stories. Uh, Larry Zonka, who we all know, was was. Uh, a mainstay with the Dolphins in the 70s. He helped establish the Jacksonville Bulls here in, in town. Okay. And um, they interviewed him, you know, as he was he was trying to bring the team here and trying to get everything organized and whatnot. And he tried to do the same things that Shula did to to maintain integrity and class and, and to build the football team. Granted, the Bulls lasted two years. But he impacted everybody that... that, that he came in contact with. You know, Larry Zonka spoke really highly of it. It was a really nice tribute that was on social media today. Um, there was a picture of the two of them. You know, Don was in a, in a wheelchair for the longest time, um, and he had lost his wife several years before. Right. Um, a great family man. You know, I, Mike Shula was the quarterback's coach here in Jacksonville, um, I believe, for a year or two. I had the privilege of meeting him once, um, and he was just like his dad. Same, same demeanor, same, you know, just that look. Um, it's, it's, it's a sad day. It really is. You know, that's all I can say. The Jacksonville Bulls. Boy, there's a name of the past, huh, David? Yeah. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older. But Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Mini clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 
91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. I'm kicking it old school too. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, again, <laughs> that's what this is all about. It's all about reflection. When I can talk about Ernie Harwell in the same broadcast as I can Don Shula, yet ironically interconnected because of the day right. that they died 10 years apart. And then I can incorporate Mark Wilson when we actually talked about this last Wednesday and only to find out that Mark and I were on Facebook today and, and we exchanged a couple of messages that we both lived this together. He said, you sure? Mark's quote was, yes, Scott, we sure did. That, that's pretty yeah. amazing how this whole thing comes full circle. So, Coach Shula, yeah. all I can say is rest in peace. I appreciate the lessons that uh, I learned from you and some of the responses that I've gotten on my Facebook page from people uh, th- that look at this thing, to me, it, it's just overwhelming to uh, fathom what uh, this th- this entire day has really meant overall, David. Definitely. Yeah, we, I, you know, it's amazing how we can take a deep sigh, yeah. David, and process yeah. this whole thing. You know, you and I can joke around and keep around, but... Yeah. This is one of those shows where we can take a deep sigh, David, and we can reflect and be thankful that, you know, we're having a very unique, exceptional, neat broadcast to really reflect in, in, in lots of different ways. It's those things that you remember as kids. Like I said, it's I took a deep breath because I remember being at the ball field with my dad. Right. And we would watch the practices, and we would go to the Dolphins games when we were kids. And, you know, there have been some issues in the last few weeks. And, um, right. you know, it, it, it's sobering. Is that, is that a good term, I yeah, guess? Yeah, that's appropriate. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a sobering experience. So, oh, yeah. Um, so, Dad, when you listen to this, I love you, man, okay? Uh, anyway, let's, uh, let's switch gears a no, little bit. No, it's okay, David. It's okay to say that. Uh, for all those folks out <laughs> there, uh, you know. It's, it's okay. Yeah, it's yeah, okay. It's okay. And you know what? I got to say this. Uh, when I posted this, my mother right now, who is uh, seriously ill with uh, COPD, shared it. And I think she probably uh, had an opportunity to uh, share this moment with a lot of her friends. And mom, you know, I love you very much. Uh, and I'm glad that I can share this story while you have an opportunity to appreciate it. You know, I, my mom's right now on borrowed time and I'm, you know, it's unbelievable when we all have to face the inevitability of a parent going away. And I'm praying that I have a mother's day with her, uh, this Sunday, although with her, she's a warrior. I wouldn't put nothing past this woman anyways, but, uh, it's okay, folks. So now I know where you, now, now I know where you get it, right? Yeah. I don't know who knows where I get what much of anything anymore. I don't know. But she's a really resilient woman, and, uh, you know, but it's okay to have a broadcast when you can reflect. You know, I don't like to get emotional because then I think I'm inhumane, but if I do, 
Well, so be it. There's always a time and a place for it. But tonight, I have Ernie yeah, Harwell definitely. and John Shula to be a part of it. You and I, uh, the way we're working together and how much fun we have doing these broadcasts, it's good to be able to reflect with an esteemed colleague yeah. like you are. So, but Thank you. Yeah, so. Okay. But anyways, now that we've talked about Don Shula, we're going to take this broadcast five hours north of I-95 and talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, David, you have a bunch of updates, so why don't you go ahead and yeah. turn them off? So, as, you, as everybody knows, we are we are past the progression stage, so to speak, where we've gotten through the first waves of free agency. We have died, we, you know, jumped into the NFL draft straight into the deep end, and the Jaguars did pretty well. And now we have a team that is preparing for the season, albeit different just like everybody else where their meetings are virtual, they're still doing virtual workouts, but they're still preparing as if, you know, everything is normal. Funny thing about that, Scott and Candy, today they announced that they're not going to play games in London or anywhere else. I think it was like Mexico City that they were going to have a game in as well uh, because of COVID-19 and, and the threat of whatever, the, the unknown. And they want to protect the players and the teams and everybody involved. So that changes things a little bit for the Jaguars because this was going to be the year that they were going to play two home games uh, at Wembley Stadium across the pond. Uh, the, I guess you would say the upshot of it is, is is the fan base is excited that the two home games that they normally would have would have you know not been able to go to, they have an opportunity to see now because they have to be played at TIA Bank Field if they let the plan if they let the fans in to play the games. The other part of it is, is that, as we talked about before, it's a major financial hit for the Jaguars, and you don't know where that other source of revenue will come from. Right. Well, the, when you have a billionaire owner, that helps. <laughs> but it does, yes. <laughs> Somebody with deep pockets definitely helps. But it's a little bit different than that. If Jacksonville is one of the, is the second smallest market in the NFL next to Green Bay. Right. Um, Green Bay. It's a blue blood, though. And as you know, yes, Candy, go Packers. Thank you. Um, yes. Okay, yes. But as you know, nothing's going to happen to Green Bay. Green Bay is the establishment. Jacksonville is the upstart. And even after 26 years, it's still, you know, it's still the, the what do you want to call it, the duckling or, you know, the stepson of the, of the, the league where they have to generate as much revenue as they can so that they can be solvent. If they make a profit, but they don't make a great profit. In comes Chad Khan, who buys the team in 2011. And he has all these great plans to make it a better team and improve the NFL experience because you know, that's what fans want. And then he decided, well, I gotta make more money, which he does. But he's using the international game to make profit so that he can keep our team solvent, so he can handle outside projects like parking lots and infrastructure and then game day experience and, and all these things that he may not get from the city and that's a political discussion for some other time. As you know, the Jaguars, you, you make so much money for selling out games. It doesn't matter whether it's the Jaguars or the Lions or the Packers or anybody else. If you go play in London as the home team, you make, you make the money for two games for that one in the States. So if it, I believe the figure was nine $9 million if you, or something to that extent. You make $9 million for a sellout. 
Well, in London, you make 17 or 18. So he wanted to play two games this year, which would have, you know, doubled. So if those are the figures, and I'm using that just as a base point, let's say he makes, let's say he makes $8 million uh, in, at home for a sellout. He makes $16 million in London. That's $32 million that he makes in two games, which is really four games in the States. Right. It's simple math. At least, and I, I, I know it's simple math because I understand it. <laughs> right. So, you know, that it, where does that money come from, Scott, now that he doesn't have it? Well, let's face the reality, David. We don't know whether fans are going to be at these games anyways. So the one thing that the NFL, I can say, is they've got the best TV contract on the planet. Can't say that about a lot of the other sports, David. You really can't. So Shad Khan knows it. He's aware of it. You know, if you're an NHL owner and you're losing $32 million, then you start scratching your head and uh, twiddling your thumbs. If you're Shad Khan, you know, he's a billionaire. Yes, is he going to take it on the chin? You bet, but... We all yeah. know that nobody's winning over COVID nineteen, David. We really know that. No, no, and, and, and I, I wasn't trying to. to yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Right. I wasn't trying to say. I that. mean, hey, listen, we it know. Well, first it of all, let's not lose sight of the fact that many years ago, the Green Bay Packers used to play games in Milwaukee before they fixed up Lambeau Field. Now, I don't know, Candy, whether or not that was attributed that they were going to make some of the money off the Milwaukee fans, or whether right they get two fan bases then right. So right. it's not, even though one's going overseas and the other one's going two hours away, nevertheless, there's still financial You're still making money. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I mean, well, and when the Packers needed money, they went out and they they sold. Um, they charged everybody that owned tickets, season tickets, a seat licensing tax, and they sold right. stock. And, right. So the Jaguars did that. The Jaguars did that. The PSLs when. Um, when they first entered the league, and I believe the Carolina Panthers did that as well. The St. Louis Rams did that. You know, and I don't know if it was somebody, I don't know if the Indianapolis Colts or the Arizona Cardinals did that stuff. I think that was probably before their time. But they would. It would be the PSLs, the C licenses, and people would hold on to that. Mm-hmm. And there was a, a, a determined time that you could hold on to, and it was five, six, whatever years when you, when you, when you bought it. Right. That's, that ended. I mean, people can't kept their tickets over the years. But right. I don't know if it's still the seat licensing, because I believe that the NFL prevented that, didn't they? Or did they, they modified it? Well, you know, it depends on the stadium situation, David, doesn't it? I can only imagine what the Raiders are going to be charging for their personal seat licenses, too. Oh, gosh. Well, it's Vegas, um, Vegas too. Yeah, that. well, but doesn't matter. Yeah. When you build a new stadium, David, you're dealing with personal seat licenses no matter where you're at. If you build them, yeah. they will pay. <laughs> That's what I can no, say. No kidding. Wow. Well, um, make sure we've got that on tape. Um, you do. Just new, uh, that's his new mantra. If they, if they, build, they will pay. <laughs> I know. Um, that's my point. Exactly. So. But yeah, I, you know, but we know Sean Khan's going to take it in the pocketbook. But if there's anybody that can go ahead and take it in the pocketbook, it's Sean Khan. I mean, I guess I should be happy about it because I hear uh, that Lions are one of the teams that could be headed to London. And now I don't have to worry about it because they only play once every eight years. So I'm not so right. much sweating bricks over it. Let it happen next year. I don't really care. And that was. That was the game, I believe, wasn't it? it was supposed to be the Jaguars and the Lions were supposed to be one of those. Exactly. So I'm not, I'm not whining yeah. about it. 
But yeah, yeah. no, I understand. So you're happy that you get to see them as you can. Well, you know, well, 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 that's true. Let's face it. I'm a Detroit Lion. I've covered three teams uh, on a regular basis. I've covered the Dolphins actually first, followed by the Lions for mm-hmm. the better part of 10, 11 years. And of course, right. the Jaguars, I've been involved with them the last few years. So, but yeah, I know the Lions were a team that w- w- were ticketed to go out there, but. What are you going to do? I mean, that's just the reality that COVID-19 Nothing. is. And I also think it's a no-win situation with the Jaguars and the fan base. And the reason why I say that is, is that, first of all, there's always something that, to complain about with this organization. And I'm not, I'm just calling it, you know, I'm calling it like I see it. You know, I'm, right. I'm not, not trick-or-cutting anything. The Jaguars could be 16-0 and there would still be some issue. <laughs> and, and it's always been that way. Yeah, but David, um, it's a smaller town. What do you expect people in a smaller town? Well, that's town what I was trying to. I was trying to make that. I was trying to make that connection. Though. It's a smaller right. town. Um, it's not as. It's not a blue blood. It's not connected. It was a college town before it was an NFL town, and to some right. extent, it's still a college town because of Florida, Florida State, Georgia, the connection, and, and all those things. Oh yeah. Um, and don't forget know, so, Georgia either. No, de- oh, definitely not, because that's a, that's a really big part of this, right? I just, first of all, I'm really glad that the games are here. But I also know that next year, we may not be so lucky because he's still got to gener- still figure out revenue. So I would guarantee, well, I'm not going to guarantee it, but I would pretty well say, yeah, he's going to play two games in London next year if he can. And he's going to have to do something else to help, help you know, bring up, bring up more revenue. I don't know how they're doing that. Well, you know what? Let's not lose sight of the fact, David, when you have a billionaire, okay, that if anybody will figure out ways to do it, it'll be shot con. I, I mean, I know. Well, it, will, it, will, it will be It'll be him, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, I, you know, I know where you're coming. You make a lot of valid points. You really do. But the reality is it's just not safe to take a team over there for the better part of two games under this climate. Let's face the reality. 2020 is just a year which is completely, totally upside down anyways. It is. So everybody has to deal with it. I hate to say this, but my younger brother, who uh, is an owner of a restaurant chain, is taking a hit, too. He really is with a lot of his restaurants. So, you know, he had ideas to expand his restaurant chain, but now, right now, he's just got to hope a bunch of these restaurant chains survive, right, Candy? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, most of the restaurants are in areas where it's closed because they're... You know they're still they're still paying rent. They're still paying electric bills. Those don't go away whether you're open or closed. It's it, I don't know how it is down there where you guys are because I know that they they are not opening up as much down there uh, as they are here. And today was the first day that they allowed small, um, some businesses and restaurants and whatnot to open up at twenty five percent capacity. Right. Um, I I can tell you that traffic wise on the street was no different. I can tell you that I once I I stuck. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? 
In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I had in the mall as I was coming home to see what it was like. No anchor stores were open. A few shops, people walking around milling, honestly, because they've got nothing else to do. It's not, there's nothing has changed. Just because they took some restrictions off, people are still scared and cautious and wearing masks and walking around. And this, this epidemic, this pandemic, is affecting everything under the sun. There's no way of getting around in sports for it. And we discussed it last week, you know, about baseball. It's not going away anytime soon. Oh, I agree. Oh, you are so deaf. I mean, listen, this pandemic's going to prevent me from seeing my mother, so the best thing I can do I is know, and, and I, I, Yeah, I know. But that's. But I, I'll tell you what, though. You made an interesting point, though, Dave, and that's this. Even when things loosen up, and Dave Brower and Palm Beach County aren't loosening up that quick because that's where a lot no. of the reported cases are. But I intend to play it cautious. If it means I have to play it cautious till June or July, so be it. I don't care. We're my uh, Candy and I are talking about taking a vacation, and if we do, the only one that makes sense since I can't really go to Detroit, perhaps might see me to see uh, Candy's sister out in Nashville, Tennessee, which might be a place I could end up going in multiple times this year, God willing. So I and I have no problem going to Nashville, hanging out with family, just to get away for a few days, you know and. But right. that's just the way it is. I don't name an individual that hasn't come through this pandemic unscathed. I, it'd be pretty hard to find a few that haven't. So. No. But at least Sean Cotton's better prepared to handle it than most. Yeah, of course. All right, want to talk about other things going on? Yeah, all right. So I just want to go over a few things. So obviously, sure. as we full well know, there's no London games that the NFL schedule is going to come out this week. So you're telling me, how does that affect the Jaguars and the NFL overall, though, Dave? Well, provided they are going to allow fans in the seats. I know, yeah, by the way, there's been information about ticket sales and, and whatnot today. Of all days, by the Jaguars, they sent stuff out to their season ticket holders and uh, coming up with you know packages and whatnot. The fans are going to get to see eight games, at least locally. That's a good thing, uh, at least for this year. Hopefully they'll get to see six of eight, you think? I don't know. I really don't believe that right. we're going to have any any fans in the stands the first month of the NFL season. Okay. At all. Depending on when the first it, of the season starts. Right. And that, I was going to say that. We don't know when we're starting yet. Right. So, you know, we're, I, I love the fact that the schedule's coming out. But it doesn't mean anything if, if we don't know when we're starting. So, oh, um, you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm excited, but I'm also very cautiously optimistic, and, right. and I haven't felt this way in quite a while. Well, I mean, nobody has. But when you think about the overall picture, David, the international series has been canceled. There won't be any games at Wembley Stadium. The thirty-two million dollars will be lost. So there's no question right. that this whole thing is taking on the It's, not, on it's a not just for the Jaguars, by the way. It's not just for the Jaguars. The Dolphins and the Patriots were supposed to play there's, there this year. Right. The, and the Falcons Broncos too, and the I believe, right? Falcons were supposed to play. Right. The Broncos and the Falcons. So there's four other organizations that you know that are that are feeling this as well. Um, well, but the organizations that you're talking about, David, uh, were obligated to because they hosted Super Bowls, too. 
So, Sorry. But, right. but even though you host the Super Bowl, I'll tell you, you're making out like bandits playing out in London or what. Oh, you are, yeah. You, yeah. you really are. Yeah. So I don't feel bad for those teams well. that have to host those games at all because they're getting yeah. paid handsomely for it. Especially if, like, the New England, well. especially like if the New England game would be one of the later games and who's, who wants to sit? I mean, I know people do it, but who wants to sit in freezing temperatures as opposed to going to London? To watch a game. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if you did, because I'm sure you would sit at a four o'clock game in Green Bay and you love every minute of it, right? So, well, yes. So, David, <laughs> I believe that the 17 game schedule will be implemented. Is that correct? I believe so too. Yes. Right. So, yes. How, how do they determine what team's going to get the uh, ninth home game versus the eighth, or do they? Is that a rotating thing every year? I believe that's rotating. I don't. I don't know enough about that, but I know it was supposed to be rotating. Okay. Uh, part of Part of the, I'm going to say this, and I'll bet you, and this is just speculation. Okay. Jaguars were going to send Jaguars were going to send two team two home games to London, so they could get the extra home game of seventeen. So in other words, instead of having nine home eight home games, they have nine. So you would actually have an extra home game. You would have had an extra home game played played at TIA Bank because you gave you basically you went one for two instead of two for one. Right. Yeah. Okay. I got. I'm really good with that math tonight. Let me tell you. Um. Well, good. I'm sure Fred Edling must be listening somewhere. My father-in-law, and I'm sure he'll critique you on your math down the road. When, yeah, I know. When he I, out how to as soon as I said it, I said, as soon as I said it, I was like, I, okay, Candy's dad's like going, what the hell? Yeah, um. <laughs> yeah right. Exactly. <laughs> so we've got the schedule going. We got the schedule going up. There's no London games. Um, we don't know when the start city. is. Right. We, we, don't, we don't know when the start is. I, we don't have a set date for uh, training camp. Um, we're still up in the air. We are still going through the motions of determining what is safe and what isn't. So it all comes back to COVID. It really does. Oh, yeah. No doubt about that. All right, so let's let's move on to Andy Dalton. Obviously, you mentioned the Jaguars did not get Andy Dalton. What happens now? First of all, I, I never saw him even thinking about going to Dallas. That was mm. that was pure genius. That's a great move for him. Uh, home state. It does two things. What? It's his home state. He played for TCU for right. Home state. It, it is you know he gets to play it to the star and it puts pressure on Dak and Jerry Jones is smiling. And, um, the Jaguars didn't. They were interested. They didn't get him. Now you ask, do they bring in another veteran? Do they stay where they are with the three quarterbacks, you know, with very little experience at the position? Uh, do they make a trade? Does something else happen? I mean, there are quarterbacks out there, Scott, that are going to get cut or they're not going to play. So they're going to make a deal. Somebody's going to look to trade. And the Steelers, I'm sure, will try and find a backup quarterback somewhere. I've been kicking around some names that might be potential. Uh, potential veterans that they could bring in, uh, low cost, high reward type of deals. Then there's Cam Newton, who's still out there, who I'm praying to the guys does not wind up here because he said he wouldn't sign for anywhere but to be a starter. And that's uh, that was made public yesterday. So that kind of dispels the mess of you know the Gardner Minshew all in thing. So I don't think they will, Jaguars would entertain that. Plus, I don't know if they can afford him. Well, we'll see if he changes about, his tune. The laundry's on the unemployment line, like Dave. That's true. That, that's true because if he stays, 
the longer he stays on the unemployment line and somebody gets hurt in practice, he's not going to care as long as he gets an opportunity. What do you think about Josh Rosen possibly being traded to the Jaguars? And I'm throwing this out because Josh Rosen is like the, the no man's land quarterback right now who had so much potential and isn't doing a lick of nothing. I would love to see it if you want to know the truth. I would. Why I, I not? Like the you. guy's got yeah. a raw deal, David, in Miami yeah, I, yeah. and Arizona. I, I, you know, by the way, that's a drive-by because I wanted to hold it just for that reaction. <laughs> right. No, I hear you. Yeah. Would love to see I, it. I think, he deserves a chance to go somewhere where they want him. And I think Jacksonville would be an ideal place if they could get him. And it's not like there's right. in a history of quarterbacks going up and down I-95. If you need any uh, lessons, oh, no. go to Chad Henney. I think he played for the Dolphins at one point, right? Jay Feeler. Jay, yeah, yeah, I forgot. Jay Feeler. Jay Feeler well, played right? for both. Chad Henney played for both. Right. Um, Why not Josh Rosen? <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, Luke McCown probably will be, be named, thrown around there. There will be a quarterback somewhere that is going to surprise you that will get cut. The Jaguars have to bring in a veteran just for the simple fact that do you trust do you trust Josh Dobbs to run your offense if, if Gardner Minshew goes down? I mean, Gardner Minshew is still yeah. questionable as a starter, but you know. Well, David, the Jacksonville Jaguars are doing what you said. Uh, they're taking a wait and see. I know you indicated earlier when we spoke that you don't think they're going to do anything and they're going to go no, to a camp with three QBs and that's it, right? <laughs> I, I really do believe that. I I think that they get you know they, they did show interest in Dalton. They right. didn't get Dalton. If Dalton was their only target, then yes, they they go into they go into camp with Minshew as a starter, Dobbs as a backup, and uh, Luke. Uh, no, sorry, Jake Luton. Right. Luke, oh yeah, Jake Luton. Let me get that right. As their third guy. Uh, boy, that. That whole group there just excites me to no end. Um, well, but I think that's what's going to happen. Well, you, again, this group is all well and good, depending on when you look at how the other players that they drafted fit in. And again, you're only looking at, David, a 90-man roster, right? Not right. 53. Right. You don't know who's coming and who's going. Right. I could, I could. Not, but but yeah. Cam Newton, well, you brought him up. So if I were Cam Newton, he needs to eat humble pie, realizing that he's damaged goods. Nobody hasn't really decent injury report on him anyways. And until you have a team doctor that actually examines him, he's going to be sitting a little while. So he needs to yeah. somehow, some way, take the Jameis Winston route. But will his ego and pocketbook or greed uh, – Take precedent over common sense. Well, we'll find out. Scott. Yes. Scott. Yes. Blake Bortles is still out there. Oh yeah, yeah Candy yeah. just grimace. <laughs> hey, I, laugh at it all you want, but I, I won't I'm be surprised. No, I'm, I'm not laughing. I'm shaking my head. I, I have a, yes. a really reason that there's an outside chance that the longer he's out there, they could bring him back. At least they're not expecting him to do anything. You're not hearing anybody say no. How about that? Why? Well, well, so with that said, has there been any reaction or conversation about Blake Bortles? Not that I know. I just know in the, I know in social media people care out about it okay. because he's still out there. Right. But you know, the the longer it's there, <laughs> you know, the more it makes sense. Um, it's also ironic as hell. Yeah. He'd be backing up the guy essentially that replaced him. Um, 
Yeah, that's kind of. Although we actually that's thought that's, it was Nick Foles instead of Gardner Minshew. But ultimately, it was it was Gardner, right? I know. Right. No, that's I great. Where you're going. You can't write that any better. <laughs> you know, we media guys love Blake. You know that. Um, well, let me tell you what. You brought it up. You know, I've been up there for the last few years. Blake Morrill is one of the nicest people out there. And oh, more importantly, great. don't forget the fact that he did win a couple of playoff games. Say what you want about him. But some of the better he quarterbacks out there haven't won a playoff game. And Blake Morrill's got a couple play- of them. You're right. He won playoff games, and that's what matters. Yeah, I mean, he's won you playoff know. games over a lot of quarterbacks that never have. So, Blake nearly he took you. you to a Super Bowl. <laughs> In yeah, fact, I got to tell you something funny. I'll never forget Mark Blumenthal was really uh, – he went up to New England to cover a game, and he thought there's a Super Bowl possibility for him. But a few minutes to go, nada. Yeah. He was so, Blumenthal was so excited to go to New England. Oh, I know. I remember he was he was tickled about it. He was just like, I'm going, I'm going to go see the game. I'm like, okay, well, great. I'm not. I don't you – know, but I was – there was there was genuine excitement in his voice, and I mean anybody wasn't knows, there. You know, Mark, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, it was great. It was it was it was unique. <laughs> yeah, to say that. yeah, Bluey, he's a good guy. He's unique, unique in his own way. He's great. But he, he's great. Like you, he's a good friend. The only difference between you and him is you got the broadcast. He didn't. So, oh well. Gotcha. Okay, so we'll keep a chair warm for him down the road, though. Well, you know. Other things that are going on in Jacksonville. Yeah. Okay, Leonard Fournette and Yannick Ngakwe are still on the roster. Now, they tried to trade both of them over draft weekend. Did not get any real... They, they cast their, their lines, didn't get any bites. I get a feeling both of them are going to be on the roster once the preseason starts, and I don't see them being traded. Is that good or bad for the Jaguars? I think it's good. You just don't let good players get away unless you get a halfway decent value. Uh, you know, if anybody thought that Yannick was going to end up getting the Trent Williams treatment, it wasn't going to happen. No. Jaguars, he's too good of a player. He really is. And whether he likes he it or not, you either either play there or you're not getting paid. Right. He talked himself out of it, too, though. He used social media to hopefully to his advantage and it all backfired on him. Yeah, well... Nowadays, no. everybody does, so join the club, Yannick. Right. No, well, I, I, I thought he was going to get traded until he had that tirade on Twitter, and Tony Khan basically told him, shut up, I can't trade you. Right. So, and by the way, you're hearing very little from Yannick on social media these days. It's amazing what happens when you get told to, you know, pipe down. The Fournette situation I'm a little upset about, Scott, only because... I understand that there are issues between the player and the front office, you know, from things that have happened in the past. Right. But Leonard's never been the guy to talk about his contract. Leonard's never been the guy to talk about the team negatively. Leonard's never been the guy to talk about, you know, air dirty laundry in public. He's, he, he's matured. Um, I think this has a lot to do with the fact that, that this was a Coughlin pick. That's my personal opinion. Really? Um, I've, yeah, I I do. I think that there's been some talk that other people in the room wanted uh, Pat Mahomes or Sean Watson, and it was Leonard. 
Yeah, but you know what, David? It's easy after the fact. If it was a Coughlin pick, Coughlin felt they needed a good running back. I think Leonard oh, I treated poorly. I, I really so think I that's too. bad. I, to me, for, if he goes away for practically next to nothing, I think that's a uh, step backwards for the Jaguars. Leonard Fournette, to me, uh, I've enjoyed watching the guy run. I think he's a fine running back. I really do. Candy, you see Fournette run. What do you think of the guy? Yeah, I mean, he, he's good. He's got some power. He's got some speed. Good. Yeah, and he, learned, he, learned how to catch the, he learned how to catch the football last year, which was really mm-hmm. impressive. He didn't do that in college. Well, he's doing I mean, he threat. really learned how to. Yeah, yeah, he really learned. He became a man, and I know I, got, I know we use that cliche just so easily, but you you saw it in the first few years. Mm-hmm. He plotted. He he was a kid. He kind of moped around. He you know did all these things. He came back with a purpose. I mean, he really showed maturity. So, what's the problem? Well, I don't know. I think I think the Jaguars made a mistake by declining his fifth-year option. Trust me, he'll be a very coveted running back next year when he hits the market, or they're going to have to franchise him if they think he has an exceptional year. That's going to get expensive. I agree. So go ahead. Okay, so so finally, hang on one second. Well, you so David, you said that you felt that the Jaguars had a few cards to play. Can you elaborate on that, please? Well, this is what I think. Um, Ngakwe doesn't have any suitors right now. Jadavion Clowney is still out there. Jadavion Clowney hasn't been picked up by anybody. So as long as Jadavion Clowney is still out there, Unique Ngakwe is still going to stay with the Jaguars. Right. No matter what. Okay. And I'm su- actually, I'm really surprised. And I'm sure that you got to have some opinion about that. But Clowney not signing with anybody is kind of odd to me. Um, but Yanni needs to sign his deal. Keep his mouth shut. Play for the Jaguars one year. Maybe there's a way that we get back to some uh, kumbaya moment where he walks in and tucks his tail between his legs and says, I'm signing this, but you have to promise me you don't tag me next year and let me walk. Or find me a deal. Because if he has a 10-sack season, somebody is going to trade for him. Right. No doubt. But, you know, there's got to be a a coming, you know, a a come-to-God meeting um, where he and, you know, Dave Caldwell kiss and make up. I don't know how that happens, but I, the Jaguars right now are in the best position here because he can't go anywhere. He either signs it or he doesn't play. Right. The, um, the Fournette thing, you hit the nail right on the head. I don't know if picking up the fifth-year option was the best thing, but they should have at least said to him, we're not picking up your fifth-year option because we don't want to pay you this, this amount of money. However, if you reach these certain goals, we're willing to negotiate a contract with you. And I don't know if that happens. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if they're he don't gonna, pay, he, they don't want to pay ten million dollars to a running back. That's that's the deal. Well, number one, he's got a lot of carries, so we're going to sit here and hold the amount of mileage that you had on him within five years, and then kick him to the curb. I don't know. I mean, the only thing that I've ever heard Leonard Fournette say in public goes, "Bring in Cam Newton, we can be better." If that's the worst thing he's ever said in social media, God yeah. help us. Yeah, he's he's like the kid growing up and trying to mature. You see it, you know. Um, he's yeah, he's young. He really misses his family. I appreciate that too, by the way. Um, he has two small kids that he adores, and I, I think that's wonderful that he wants to be, you know, a full time dad and NFL player. Right. Uh, and he, he, I genuinely, I, I really believe he's a genuine good kid. I think mm-hmm. that sometimes he's misguided because when you're 24 and you have lots of money, you kind of make weird mistakes, or you just not, you know. You don't handle it well. 
I want to see Leonard Fournette stay. I know he's not. And that's that's just the way it is right now. Okay. Right, well, we'll yeah. stay updated on that situation see how it plays out. I think if the Jaguars let Fournette go at some point, I think it's a major, major mistake. And mark my word, there there will be no shortage of suitors for Leonard Fournette. So, all right. And one more point you want to bring up: the Jack. You say the Jaguars draft class was ranked high by most NFL analysts, by the but the team is still giving a little hope uh, to be a contender this year. How does that? How does the team close the gap, Dave? Okay, so. Uh, I don't want to say Dave Caldwell because it really wasn't Caldwell last year. Well, it was Caldwell and the whole staff. For two straight years, the Jaguars have put together a really good draft class. Top to bottom, successful. And I know that with 12 picks, you kind of either got it or you didn't. Of the 12 picks, the Jaguars have seven legitimate players who could start at one point this year, which, you know, you got to get at least 50%. The first five guys who they drafted could all challenge for playing time. Uh, I strong... I wasn't crazy about the C.J. Henderson pick, but it makes sense. Um, Chason is going to be a terror either at outside linebacker or with his hand on the ground. Uh, their speed with uh, Chenault, who will become the number two guy, which means C.D. Westbrook is this is the last year. I liked uh, I liked the Bart pick, who was the uh, the fourth rounder, who is just a mammoth kid who's going to who's going to fit in somewhere at, at guard or tackle and it's going to be a mainstay once he gets a little more experience under his belt. Just everything was solid about what they did. He, Dave Caldwell said that he had to hit on all 12. I don't know if he hit on all 12, but he, he, he smacked a, 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 screaming, a screaming triple into the gap. Let's put it like that. And everybody's praising them. CBS Sports, Bleacher Report, you know, ESPN, uh, uh, you know, fan-sided. Gee, imagine that. We're... we're, we're uh, we liked it too. Um, I gave them a solid B for what they did because okay. I would have liked to have. I, I questioned the Henderson pick. And for all this great stuff that they're giving them A's and B's and whatnot, then you go back and you read and the Jaguars are still 30th, 30, 31, or 32 in the NFL and they can't go anywhere. So where's the, where's the balance? Because you're blogging the draft class, but you're saying the rest of the team sucks, essentially. Yeah, I, I, I really don't understand it. The only thing I can say about this, David, is this. Dave Caldwell and Doug Marone are still on the hot seat, no matter how good each of these oh, last two choices are. Yeah, definitely. You're not, you're not, uh, you, you, you hit the nail right on the head. It's not, you know, it's, it's a prove it. You know, you can, you can get all, you know, was it 22 first round picks on, on, on starters, and unless they all work together, it doesn't matter. You know, you can, you need this is 85 bears, and if you're not producing, it doesn't matter. Well, you keep unloading good players. You keep bringing in these bad choices. By the time you get to their fifth-year option, you don't want them. I mean, think about it in Detroit, one of the opponents of the Jaguars. We know that Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia are down to their last year. Mrs. Forrest either said win or else. Same thing, yes. So you have the same identical situation against two teams that will be playing each other this year. Once every four years, uh, and then once every eight years in that location. That's how the schedule works. You, you are really excited about that. Well, I kind of am. I mean, you know, I've been, I've been training from the Lions to the Jaguars. My goodness. They're both cats. 
Yeah, okay, yeah. Just remember that. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> my heart's with the Lions, but the Jaguars are where I've been the last few years, and there's also yeah. that little uh, dynamic of going to Green Bay and my photographer is sitting in front of me in front of a microphone, right, Candy? That's true. That's where the Jags are supposedly headed. She is just She's just waiting, isn't she? She's so excited. And I have a feeling you're not that you'd be uh, chomping at the bit to go to Lambeau if you get that chance to. I, I, no, we discussed this. I want to go. I'm not. I I have a bucket list of things I want to do, and the Lambeau thing is is definitely on it. So um, you know, that's definitely a. Uh, it's definitely a, a possibility. Hey, that's an opportunity to take your other half up to Green Bay, and maybe uh, we could all freeze together up there. <laughs> In wow. the village. <laughs> Although we'll know when they're going to freeze together on Thursday, right, Candy? And that when they announce yeah. the schedule? They're supposed to announce it, yeah, Thursday at 8. Yeah, Thursday, right? Hey, Scott, I think I got stuff we're going to talk about besides baseball. Oh, yeah, what's at that? At some point, it's the schedule. The schedule. Yeah. Um, okay. I'm very curious what they do. Well, you know so, what? Actually, uh, what we'll do, David, now that you brought that up, is we'll probably go ahead and uh, schedule a uh, schedule a show where we're talking about the NFL schedule. How did all that work with all those schedules? How many three or four more times of the name schedule do I have in that uh, uh, sequence of schedules? How many like times can you say schedule in 10 seconds? Uh, I can't because exactly. I'll fumble. <laughs> I will. I know I will. You made my point. So, um... I'm glad. So uh, we've covered everything. Uh, Good stuff. Well, no, we haven't covered everything. We're going to let everybody know how they can find Mr. Levin. And first of all, go ahead and lead off. All right. Well, hey, guys, I really enjoyed tonight. If uh, if you're so inclined, I can be found on Twitter at at DM71997. I write for fansided.com. I cover uh, the Marlins for Marlin Maniac. I am the site editor, and then I am the site expert Sorry, site expert. i got to make sure I say that right now. Site expert, and I'm also the site expert for uh, blackandteal.com, uh, where I cover the Jacksonville Jaguars in the NFL. All right, Candy, let's uh, some people know how they go to all of us, and I'll go over some of the social media, and then we'll talk about the shows on the network. <clears throat> www.southfloridatribune.com is the website where you can find all these podcasts. You can also find the podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, Google Podcasts, Deezer, um, Spotify, Spotify, Podcast Addict, wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, we can't forget iHeartRadio, right? Oh, of course, iHeartRadio. Um, and you, if you have any ideas, you can always email us at saltforwardtribune at gmail.com. And as far as social media is concerned, please follow our YouTube channel. It's South Florida Tribune has a YouTube channel. We are on Instagram at South Florida Tribune. Why South Florida Tribune is contagious because we take it over to Facebook. You can like the page over there. Go over to Twitter, and I have a personal account at Scoop with five threes, and at Tribune South gets it done. My LinkedIn, Scott Morganroth, is on there. Am I missing any other candy? No, and we that. and we have a bunch of other shows that you can uh, tune in as well. Obviously, you are listening to the Sports Exchange here on the South Florida Tribune Broadcasting Network. Prior to this broadcast, we had the South Florida Tribune podcast. We have Motorman and Rude Dog, the Real and the Rare Fantasy Football with myself and Ryan Schoolroot, and the other one that David Levin and I take ownership. 108 Stitches Baseball Talk, and we'll have an episode of that on Thursday. We'll keep you posted as to what that is. But meanwhile, I mean. Uh, first, before we sign off, I want to make sure that everybody, please be safe, stay at home, 
practice social distancing. Don't take, don't chomp at the bit to leave yourself into trouble. It's just not worth it. And kudos to our first responders. We hope that everybody's enjoyed this edition of the Sports Exchange tonight. It's our responsibility here at the network to make sure that we do the best we can to entertain you the best we can and take your mind off of some of the problems that you are because at some point we know full well that a lot of this will get behind us but this is really what we have to find out what we're really made out of and david any final thoughts before we get off the air yes, yeah, you, you you knocked it out of the park tonight guys this was a lot of fun thanks so much Oh, you're welcome, David. Like I said, you're a tremendous asset to the broadcast. And I think that what we, when we had a good time with Chris Roberts last week, it was an opportunity to talk to an L.A. icon. And, you know, again, we have a lot of things that we're working on right now to try to make this programming a lot better. And when you have a bunch of guys that I feel in my system, like you and Xavier McKnight and Rick Curdy, just to name a few people, Ryan Schoolroot, and, of course, none of this would be all uh, well and good unless Candy Ebling does a tremendous job on the broadcast as well as what she does on the uh, website. So, But meanwhile, on behalf of Dave Eleven, Candy Ebling, my name is Scott Morgan. around the Motor City Madmouth. Wish you a good evening, and we'll see you again on another edition of the Sports Exchange. Good night, everybody. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.